ButcherBox is far and away my favorite subscription service because not only are they saving me time with a trip to my grocery store by delivering the best quality meats right to my door for free, but they always deliver the best in grass-fed beef, organic chicken, pork that's raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. With ButcherBox, I always know I'm getting the highest quality products available, and the proof is in the flavor of the dishes I make every time I use them, which is basically every day. And once you open a box, you'll see how committed they are to getting you that quality too. I'm talking ribeyes and strip steaks with all the marbling, steak tips carved up the way they should be, nice and thick, awesome chicken wings and thighs that I can store and pull out whenever I want to make a meal that my friends and family will love. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of those premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com everytown and use code everytown to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So one more time, because this is key, new users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code EVERYTOWN and get $20 off your first box. We're in Japan! Why are you watching videos? Just using my phone to find our next meal. What's that? Let's find out. With my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra, I can circle it with the S Pen and search right in the app. Looks like it's called Takoyaki. Tofu! Actually, it's fried octopus. (laughs) I knew that. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Every town has a dark side. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned in today's tale is a great example of just that. Young and successful, Ryan Poston had a relationship with a girl who really wanted to be together forever. She pushed and pushed, wouldn't take no for an answer. And so when Ryan told her it was time to go their separate ways, she didn't take that well at all. Hey guys, it's Andrew, and welcome to this week's episode of Every Town. How far can a woman madly in love go in fighting for the man who means the world to her? The answer for Shayna Hubers was, till death do us part. Even though they weren't married, Shayna needed to get the message across to Ryan that if she couldn't have him, then no one could. So, let's head over to Highland Heights, Kentucky today, and learn about the darker side of love. It was 28-year-old Ryan Poston's step-cousin Carissa who played Cupid between him and 19-year-old Shayna Hubers. The two first met virtually through Facebook after Ryan saw some spring break photos of Shayna on there and hit her up. They chatted and soon started dating in the spring of 2011, and it seemed like they were a good match. Both were good-looking and well-accomplished in their personal pursuits. 
I was the oldest sibling. He had three younger sisters, Allison, Catherine, and Elizabeth. Even though his parents, Lisa and Jay, divorced when he was little, the family was tight. Ryan was extremely close to his father, Jay. When his mother remarried, Peter Carter, Ryan thought of him as a second father. Born on December 30th of 1982 in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, Ryan learned the value of education at a young age. He attended Blessed Sacrament School in Fort Mitchell, the International School Manila in the Philippines, and the International School of Geneva in Switzerland during high school. He'd explored some parts of the world long before most boys his age had ever even stepped out of their parents' homes. In college, he triple majored in history, geography, and political science at Indiana University. And still wanting to attain more academically, he then pursued a law degree at the Salmon P. Chase College of Law at Northern Kentucky University. After finishing and passing the bar, Ryan opted to carve a name as an attorney in Cincinnati, Ohio. Confident and accomplished at just 28, He was what you would call in the dating world a great catch. That's around the time he first met Shayna. Their nine-year age gap wasn't an issue when they started dating. Shayna was likewise busy completing her psychology degree at the University of Kentucky in Lexington. Her friend Sarah Robinson believed her future seemed promising, saying, I thought she was close to genius. I mean, she was always in AP classes, always getting A's and everything. In high school, Shana received countless awards for academic excellence and leadership and excelled in music and drama. She brought pride to her mother, Sharon, a retired school teacher, who shared a very close relationship with her daughter. Shana's determination rewarded her with cum laude honors upon graduating college, making her on par with boyfriend Ryan's intellectual prowess. While maintaining their long-distance relationship, Shana pursued a master's degree in school counseling. And it was perhaps this setup that made their romance volatile as they experienced some on and off periods during their 18 month long relationship. The truth was, as attested by their family and friends, Ryan and Shana had a tumultuous relationship. Outwardly, they looked like the perfect couple, of course, but. The relationship was rocky as they broke up and got back together several times. Shayna was a girl deeply in love, and maybe to a fault. Every time she visited him, she would do everything in her power to show this through acts of service. She picked up and washed his laundry, took his dog out, groceries and cooked. Shane's friend Sarah said that she seemed happy and had told her there was nothing wrong in her relationship with Ryan. 
But beyond the facade, Shayna had taken that turn into an obsessive, at times possessive girlfriend with a flair for drama, which drove Ryan to his breaking point. Ryan's friend Allie Wagner knew things were off from the start when she explained, She was so cold, you could just immediately tell that she was just obsessed with him. I think she had a goal in the beginning to make him settle down with her. When she wasn't becoming successful, that became a problem. Matt Heron, another one of Ryan's close friends, was also privy to the turmoil in his friend's romantic relationship, saying that Ryan tried to end things a few times, but she just wouldn't let go. He said he didn't want to hurt her feelings. Unfortunately, she just refused to take no for an answer. Even Shayna herself admitted in a text to a friend, He says he's only with me because I make him feel so awful about it when I cry. Adam Bleal, Ryan's colleague, described that the two times Shayna was in downtown Cincinnati seemed odd. Once after Ryan had broken up with her, she showed up with a brown bag because Ryan had forgotten his lunch. Another time, she showed up to his office, and when she couldn't get Ryan on his cell phone, Shayna would relentlessly call the receptionist trying to get him. She would text him 50 to 100 times a day, and warm down and exhausted him to the point where he would say, Okay, Shayna. He just kept doing the easy thing, which was staying with her. As Shana kept pushing in on him, Ryan began to feel a bit anxious and concerned, and he told those closest to him about this. He mentioned to his cousin, This is getting to be restraining order level crazy. She's shown up to my condo like three times and refuses to leave each time. Ryan complained to Allie about his girlfriend's obsessive behavior, which was taking a toll on him. Literally, probably the craziest person I have ever met, he said. She almost scares me. And this became a cycle for 18 months. For every one message Ryan sent, Shayna probably sent 50. In February of 2012, out of desperation, Ryan messaged her, You can tell people you broke up with me. To which Shayna partly replied, I love you dearly, far more than you deserve. The following month, Ryan pleaded in his text, Shayna, stop texting me. And in April, he texted her in all caps, I no longer have the patience to deal with you. The distraught boyfriend had also sent his cousin an alarming message, She came to my place on Sunday morning and I literally had to pick her up and throw her into the hall. One night when she showed up uninvited and wouldn't leave, Ryan decided to leave her there and spend the night at his father's house. Of that incident, Jay said, Throughout the entire night, all I heard over and over and over again was the pinging of his phone with text messages. 
As a lawyer, Ryan had thought of filing a restraining order against Shana to keep her away from him legally. But in Kentucky, it's only applicable if they've been married or living together. So Ryan had to endure the bumpy ride until he could fully release himself from the chains that bound him to this controlling young lady. Ryan had started planning out his liberation from his obsessed girlfriend and had told her that they wouldn't be seeing each other on the second weekend of October in 2012. This was going to be his final break and in his head he had already moved on and had set up a date for Friday, October 12th with Miss Ohio of 2012, Audrey Bolt. On October 11th, Ryan's family had planned to watch the vice presidential debate at the family home in Fort Mitchell. Peter, Ryan's stepfather, already knew of his stepson's plan of breaking up with Shana. Yet, out of respect and not knowing the full extent of their situation, he told Ryan to invite her over that night. At some point when they were alone, Ryan opened up to Peter that he'd been stressed out about a conflict with a former colleague and his relationship with Shana, but that overall things were looking up. Work was going well, and he had a date with the beauty queen planned the following night. Peter said he was the happiest I had seen him in months, but it was the last time he saw Ryan alive. After dinner, Ryan and Shana returned to his condo. And the two got into an explosive argument, which was essentially par for the course. But on this night, something was different. Shana's son heard from an emboldened Ryan, who was ending their relationship for good, and he wasn't caving. Distressed and emotional, Shana called up her mother, Sharon, who drove from Lexington to be with her daughter at 5.30 a.m. On October 12th, Ryan went to work like a regular day. When he was leaving, he excitedly told his friend, Lori Zimmerman, about his date with Miss Ohio. Lori, though, thought that that was a little sketchy. She had an uneasy feeling about the lingering Shana, and so she told Ryan, I'm very nervous about what you're doing tonight because who knows what Shana will do. You need to get her gone. I need you to call the police. I need you to call a locksmith. I need you to make it very final. And to that, Ryan assured her, Hey, Lori, I've got this. Don't you worry about me. Ryan and Audrey were supposed to meet at a Milford, Ohio bar for drinks at 9.30 p.m. She was looking forward to it, but Ryan never showed up. Shayna once again showed up unannounced to Ryan's Highland Heights condo that October 12th night and dressed to the nines with her makeup and hair done. She, of course, wanted to talk about getting back together. She had probably planned a beautiful reconciliation Once again, Ryan just stood his ground. For the girl who was used to getting her way, 
and this time it wasn't happening. A heated fight ensued, and at one point, Shana got hold of one of Ryan's handguns. In a fit of rage, with little hesitation, she then shot him not once or twice, but six times, unloading on him. Around 15 minutes later, she dialed 911. She told them that she had just killed her boyfriend, only it was in self-defense. Her words to the dispatcher were as follows. He beat me and tried to carry me out of the house. And I came back to get my things and he was right in front of me. He reached down and grabbed the gun and I grabbed it out of his hand and pulled the trigger. But I was after Shana murdered Ryan, the real account slowly unfolded. She was betrayed by her own words and actions down at the police station. Lieutenant David Fornish and his partner were the first officers to arrive on scene. As they entered Ryan's condo, they saw his lifeless body lying behind the dining room table. Police brought Shana in, where initially she requested a lawyer, meaning the police couldn't ask any more questions. But she started acting a bit bizarre. As Lieutenant Fornash started to leave the interrogation room, Shayna started making noises as if she was crying or wailing. But as soon as he'd left, she stopped immediately, like turning off a faucet. She didn't even shed tears, so the police started thinking that there might be more to her story other than self-defense. Investigators then said she rambled on about the incident and her relationship with Ryan to anybody who would listen, despite invoking her Miranda rights. She was babbling. It's in self-defense, but I killed him, and can you come to the scene? I was raised really, really Christian, and murder is a sin. If I had to go to jail, can you shower there, or do you just get really dirty? For hours, Shana talked about Ryan's alleged history of abuse, saying that he jokingly pulled guns on her before that led to their fight. It caused her to fear for her life, and that he had smashed her face into a headboard one time. She said all she could to justify her self-defense alibi. But her story had several inconsistencies. The more she talked, the more her words would come back to haunt her. Ryan, who was licensed to carry several guns, habitually placed his handgun on the dining room table after getting home from work. Shane at one point told police that she picked up the gun off the table while Ryan was yelling at her. But in the 911 call, her story was about wrestling it away from him. Also, she didn't stop at two bullets. It looked clearly like she intended to kill the man rather than stop him from harming her. And when she spoke more, her words certainly painted that picture. And a disturbing one at that, she explained. And he was lying with his face on the table, like twitching. So I knew he was going to die, 
and I walked around the table. I think that's when I shot him in the head. I shot him probably six times, shot him in the head. He fell onto the ground and his glasses were still on and he was twitching some more. I shot him a couple more times just to make sure he was dead because I didn't want to watch him die. And then she said something that really baffled the police. I knew he was going to die or have a completely deformed face. He's very vain and wants to get a nose job. Just that kind of person and I shot him right here. I gave him his nose job he wanted. At one point, cameras recorded Shayna twirling around inside the interrogation room, saying to herself, I did it. Yes, I did it. I can't believe I did it. I'm so good at acting. Not only did she dance and twirl, but she even sang Amazing Grace. Because of all this, by the end of the night, Shayna was charged with Ryan's murder. She was indicted for the killing of Ryan on December 20th of 2012, was then held on a $5 million bond. January 16th of 2013, she entered a not guilty plea to the charges of murdering her ex-boyfriend. Her trial began on April 13th of 2015, where prosecutors argued that the motive for the murder was that Ryan wanted to permanently end the couple's relationship. They presented thousands of texts and email messages as evidence of Shana's obsession. Several witnesses, including Ryan's family, friends, and colleagues, testified for the prosecution. One damning testimony came from Shana's former cellmate, Cecily Miller. She said that Shana bragged about killing her boyfriend and laughed about shooting Poston in the face and giving him the nose job he always wanted. Cecily also said that Shana discussed legal strategy, such as she was going to plead insanity, but she was too smart because she has an IQ of Einstein. So she was going to plead battered wife syndrome. Defense attorneys continued with their contention that the shooting was in self-defense and that Shayna was a victim of domestic abuse. The jury, however, wasn't persuaded, and so on April 23rd, Shayna was found guilty of Ryan's murder and given a 40-year prison sentence with parole eligibility after 34 years. The presiding judge also declared that he didn't believe that Shayna was a victim of domestic violence, and that he had considered a sentence greater than 40 years. Expectedly, Shana appealed her conviction, which was granted on August 25th of 2016. But it wasn't because of any new evidence, but overturned on the basis that one of the jurors withheld a felony conviction. After some delays, Shana's new trial began on August 8th of 2018, this time, the defense built its case around the assertion that Ryan was a physically, emotionally, and sexually abusive boyfriend. They portrayed him as a manipulator, saying he treated Shayna like a yo-yo, pushing her away and then bringing her back. Defense lawyers also said that Ryan constantly badgered Shayna about her weight and breast size, while Ryan's lawyers, on the other hand, didn't try to paint him as the perfect boyfriend. They insisted on one thing. 
Ryan Poston wasn't abusive. On August 28th, it took the Campbell County jury less than five hours to convict Shana once again of Ryan's murder. She was then sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 17 years. Ryan and his family attain justice, and Shana rightfully endures her punishment. In a text message she sent on October 12, 2012 to her friend, Christy, Shana seemed to have known how to end things after Ryan had ended their relationship. Her message said, When I go to the shooting range with Ryan tonight, I want to turn around, shoot and kill him, and play like it's an accident. Earlier, Christy messaged Shayna, saying, There's a thin line between love and hate, to which the convicted murderer replied, My love has turned into hate. So that's it for this week's episode of Every Town. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want more content from us, you can check out our other podcast called Scary Mysteries. Beyond that, there's a library of exclusive podcasts you can check out with new ones coming out each Thursday. All those links are down in the description for you. And please do come back next week for another episode filled with scary, strange, and mysterious stories. Because you never know, maybe your town will be next. Next.